Welcome to Disrupting Leadership, where we redefine leadership for a post-pandemic era. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Myers, founder of Evolve, the leadership evolution, where we help leaders accomplish all of their goals without negatively impacting their quality of life. I'm an Air Force veteran, mother of three young, beautiful children, and have a PhD in organizational development and leadership. Welcome to all my evolutionary leaders. So today we're going to be talking about the code to leadership development. So what really is that? Well, we focus on evolving leadership, disrupting leadership, and we actually have an entire series on the evolution of leadership and what that looks like and how we redefine and disrupt leadership. So today we're going to be talking about the first step in that, which is really the code to leadership development, creating that foundation to what leadership development really should look like in this brand new post-pandemic era. So let's go ahead and dig right in. We are going to be talking about the three tiers to leadership development. We are going to talk about and understand different design models so that we can all personalize and tailor a leadership development program, either specific to our organization's needs or our own individual personal needs. And finally, we'll decipher how we can go about motivating employees, both intrinsically and extrinsically, to help build their leadership, knowledge, skills, abilities, and other competencies. Because we all know that those KSAs, those knowledge, skills, and abilities are not the end-all be-all. We have to be able to balance it with motivation, with human skills, with those soft skills that are just as important, if not, I dare say, more important than some of those hard skills. So let's talk about the three tiers. So at Evolve the Leadership Evolution, what we've done is we've taken all of our past experience and we've looked at everything from a time when I was a professor, so in academia, when I was working in leadership programs within a university setting, and where the students really resonated because they were all working professionals. So where did they really resonate with the topics, with the material? When Where did we get the feedback of, oh my gosh, that made such a difference in my life, both personally and professionally? In addition to when we're out and about within the community, actually working within organizations, what are the pain points of organizations and where do they really see the need for leadership development? And so through all of this combination of past experience, feedback, etc., we've developed this three-tier model for leadership development. And so we believe and Evolve the Leadership Evolution that leadership development really needs to be broken down into those three tiers of yourself, teams, and organizations. It needs to be a combination of that because we cannot successfully lead until we first have an introspective journey and we understand ourselves. And so we need to be able to understand how we react in conflict management, how we react or how we react to conflict and how we manage that conflict, what our own personal brand is, what do our personality assessments say about ourselves, how do we communicate how do we miscommunicate? <laughs> what are our diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging traits, components that define us as who we really are? And then if we don't understand that, we don't understand how we impact the world. And so we need to start there. So that first tier to leadership development is really all about yourself. 
We have to have this introspective journey. And this can be revisited at any point in time. We'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. Then that second tier is teams. So only after you've had a successful introspective journey, can you really be the most successful at looking at our team and how to manage them, how to lead them? How do we then coach them to have their own introspective journeys? And then finally, that third tier is organizations. And that's when we can look at the organization at a macro level. So what's the impact that our organization not only has internally on all of our employees, but also on our families, on our community, on the nation, as the world, on the world as a whole. So we really begin to go ahead and cascade outward at that point in time to organizations by looking at things like diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging policies. You know, where do we stand in our macroeconomic impact? What is strategy and how do we build that strategy, that mission, vision? And of course, a lot of these are interwoven into the other three tiers as well. But this is where we really take it to the next level. So those are the three tiers that we believe create the foundation of all successful leadership development programs. If we jump too early into organizations, we lose that introspective journey and how we are a piece of the big picture. So we really do feel that those three tiers are integral to the success of a leadership development program. So then how do we take those three tiers and how do we design a leadership development model that really makes an impact at the organization level as well as at a personal level. And so you can do this and think about this from the perspective of not only our own personal development, professional development, and leadership development journey, but also the successful leadership development and design of the leadership development program at our organization. So think of it both personally as well as organization-wide. So there are two leadership development design models that we'll talk about today. The first is the graduated model. So this graduated model, what it does is it really focuses on that foundational concept of you cannot successfully lead without first understanding yourself. And so by creating a graduated model for leadership development, what we're doing is it's almost like a stair step. It is you are graduating from one component before you can move on to the next. So think of it the same way as our educational model, at least within the United States. You know, we have this educational model where you have to first graduate from kindergarten, then graduate from elementary school, then graduate from middle school, then graduate from high school. And so you have to graduate from one component before you move into the next level of education. So in this case, it's you graduate from yourself. So you first start off in the yourself tier. You have to complete all of the coursework for that. You have to have that introspective journey. And you can kind of create this tier very personalized to the organization or personalized to your own individual needs. So we won't get into exactly what's included in that right now, but from kind of this overarching view of it, you have this yourself tier, so to speak, right? This yourself level that you have to complete all the components of. Then you move up and you graduate to teams. Then you move up and graduate to organizations. 
See how that works? Very similar to our educational model in the United States. So then once we have that graduated model, you can motivate people in a bunch of different ways to want to graduate, to want to move on. And we'll get into that intrinsic and extrinsic motivation after we talk about this second leadership development design model. So another great leadership development design model that we see more and more effectively utilized within organizations is the situational model. So what the situational model says is that integration, so successful integration of these knowledge, skills, abilities, soft skills, competencies that we learn through these leadership development programs, that actual integration, that actual creation of habit of all these things that we learn can really only occur with situational adaptation. So what we're talking about here is we're talking about more the ability to take what we're learning through these leadership development programs and automatically put it into practice at at our work environment, in our work. So the ability to take a course, just for example, a workshop, just for example, and automatically begin to apply it, or immediately, I should say, begin to apply it to our work. And so the situational model really focuses on that. How can we have just-in-time type of training and development so that it can be immediately integrated and put into habit. A lot of times with the graduated model, it's wonderful because you learn the right skills before you move on to the next level, but we don't necessarily have it as just-in-time opportunities to be able to put it into play right away. With the situational model, you're giving your employees or yourself that opportunity to be able to do that. So you really need to figure out kind of what is the best option for your organization, for your employees? What do they need right now in this moment? And that doesn't mean that we can't change it later on or even provide both opportunities for the varying models based on the needs of the individual. But what it is saying is we really need to take a look at it and figure it out. So the way that this situational model works in execution is you have the three tiers. You have yourself, teams, and organizations. And you might have badges or certifications that you earn after completion of the required components for each of those individual tiers, but you don't necessarily lock someone in to just one tier at any given time. If someone decides that they want to learn how strategy works and how it should be cascaded down throughout the organization, and they're a frontline worker, why not allow them the opportunity to get a better feel for how the organization works as a whole so they can jump into an organization's course? Or let's say we have an executive and they just had a major life transition and they really need to go back to that introspective journey. They may choose, instead of taking an organization's course, they may choose to take a course within the yourself tier. And so we call it, because we're Evolved the Leadership Evolution, Evolve Yourself, Evolve Teams, Evolve Organizations. And so they may feel like they need to go and take a few courses and Evolve Yourself and really see where this current season of life is putting them and how it's changed them and be able to have that reflection opportunity to see how they now, their new transitioned life now fits better into the organization. Same with teams. You know, you may have someone who's really driving to get a leadership position and they want to eat up all the information on 
developing teams and leadership development for teams, well, they may feel like maybe they need to take a few courses in yourself, then a few courses in teams, then jump back to yourself, then finish teams. And so you can kind of do that back and forth with the situational model. So both really have great benefits. They both also have some downfalls as well. And so it really depends on the organization. We're actually working with an organization right now that has decided to do a combination. So they're doing a little bit of both. So you can really personalize it to figure out what is going to work best for you as well as your organization. So now let's get into motivating for leadership development. You know, so how do you motivate people? And you've now created this beautiful leadership development program or you've created one for yourself, but you're not really sure where to begin or how to make this happen. You know, where does that motivation kind of come from? And so there are a couple of different ways that we can do this. But the bottom line is that right now, praise and recognition is the key to motivation and organizations. So the OC Tanner Institute just recently did some research that said that employees who receive praise and recognition are four times more likely to have highly engaged employees. And I think I may have said employees that give praise and recognition. Organizations that give praise and recognition are four times more likely to have highly engaged employees. Four times. Four times more likely to have highly engaged employees. They're also two times more likely to have increased revenue over the same time the previous year. So four times more likely to have engaged employees, which tends to through a lot of research, you know, lead to that increased revenue. So that's no surprise there. So four times more likely to have the engaged employees, two times more likely to have increased revenue over the past year, 73% less likely to have layoffs over the past year, and 44% less likely to have employees suffering from burnout. So those are huge massive numbers. And what the OC Tanner Institute figured out is that that is solely just from having this culture of praise and recognition. So think about all the other wonderful things that we do as well. If we can just add praise and recognition in there, we'll really be able to increase engagement, decrease turnover, increase revenue, really get to the bottom line. And most importantly, decrease burnout, because that has been so big through this age of COVID. So praise and recognition really falls into the category of extrinsic motivation. So when we think about extrinsic motivation for leadership development, how do we incorporate praise and recognition into that leadership development program? Well, there are four main ways that we kind of recommend that we've seen to be successful through organizations. And these really fit more to the corporate model. So I'm not talking about academia at all, but much more to the corporate level. And you can use this for yourself as well. If you know you're extrinsically motivated and you have a leadership development program that you've created for yourself, feel free to create some of these also because they can be great individual motivators and really just kind of fun. So the first one is to use a passport. So you could, no kidding, create an actual tangible 
book, like physical book that they have in their hand, just like a passport. You can call it the pathway to leadership development, passport to leadership development, you know, whatever catchy name you want to call it. And then have all of the coursework that's required for the three different tiers where people can actually get signed off and get, you know, maybe a little gift or some recognition for completing a tier. So that kind of passport to success mentality. And this has been used for years upon years. You know, I'm not saying that any of this is new. We're just revisiting some of these concepts that can really boost the extrinsic motivation that's so needed right now after a lot of burnout, a lot of mental load through COVID. So the second one is graduation. So actually have the physical act of graduating. Some organizations have to have virtual graduations. That's fine. If you can do it in person, it's even better because the actual physical movement of walking across the stage or, you know, walking across to receive a certificate, that physical representation of an accomplishment really ties it in a bow. So a lot of people say, oh, I didn't walk at my, you know, my college graduation or my high school graduation. I didn't really feel the need to, or I was a working professional when I got my bachelor's degree. So why would I go do graduation? Well, I encourage every single person to go to their graduation because in addition to in addition to that mental celebration, there's an entire emotional component that's tied to the physical act of walking across a stage to receive your degree, walking across a room to receive a certificate that is extremely motivating whether we realize it or not. For a lot of people, it's very subconscious. And I know I've had people come back to me and say, Erin, thank you so much for telling me I should go to my graduation because that really was the capstone. And so if you can create this beautiful kind of celebration, this graduation from this leadership development program, it really makes employees feel special, feel valued. And so then the third component of extrinsic motivation for leadership development, and you can do any combination of these. You can do just one or a couple or all of them if you want. Some of them overlap a little bit, so you may want to figure that out. But the third one is badges. So Badges are badges and micro credentialing. So, micro credentialing is the fourth one. Badges and micro credentialing have become much more popular, not only just in informal education, such as leadership development programs for corporations, but also in the academic world. They're becoming much and much more recognized uh, and much more critical components of academic work, whether formal or informal. And the reason for that is because of the extreme link to extrinsic motivation. They're extremely motivating to have these badges and micro-credentials. So let's break them down and talk about what they are, because some of you may be going, okay, that's great, Erin, but what is a badge? What's a (laughs) micro-credential? So you likely have seen people in their signature blocks have these little symbols. So uh, for example, you can think of you know, any sort of symbol that represents a brand. If you think of Starbucks, you think of that green mermaid. If you think of Nike, you think of that check mark, that swoosh. You know, so there's this symbol that's representative of something. And so you can kind of think of a badge as a brand for your leadership development program. So it's an actual graphic designed little symbol that represents completion 
of a component of the leadership development program or the entire leadership development program. So what we usually recommend and package into a lot of our solutions for organizations are a badge for each tier and then a full badge, something that's even bigger, brighter, you know, just represents more in the, in its symbolism for completion of the entire program for all three tiers. So you can kind of get an Evolve Yourself badge, an Evolve Teams badge, an Evolve Organizations badge, and then an even bigger like certification badge for completing all three tiers. And then I, we encourage people to put these in their signature blocks, to share them across LinkedIn, to really be proud of having put in the work and the effort to go above and beyond many of their peers to complete this program, to better themselves as leaders. And so once we create this culture of this brand recognition for the leadership development program through these badges, it really becomes extremely motivating. Now, you can throw in micro-credentials in there as well. So micro-credentials, you can kind of think of those as like stackable components. So if you go back to the education model, where we talked about, let's talk about college in this example, where you take like a three credit course and then another three credit course and then another three credit course and you stack all of those courses on top of each other to create a degree. A micro-credential is the same type of thing. So you take a course and you get a micro-piece of something whole. Think of it kind of like a piece of a puzzle. And so a micro-credential are kind of these stackable units where you can do a great job when you have this single micro-credential, but man, you have all the equivalent of an entire degree once you stack five micro-credentials on top of each other, just as an example. So you could have a micro-credential for each of the different tiers, and you can tie even college credit to that. We've done that in a lot of different cases, so tie college credit to a micro-credential and then you ultimately have this these stackable components that create this larger whole leadership development program or even more than that, you know, an entire company development program. So those four different extrinsic motivation components, again, are passports, graduation, actually the physical act of graduation, badges, and micro-credentials. So when you have some combination of that, single or a combination, I mean, it just really increases that extrinsic motivation. So now let's get into intrinsic motivation a little bit. So Gallup did a big poll in 2021 to determine employee disengagement levels. So employee disengagement levels, the actual level of lack of engagement that employees had in 2021, likely because of COVID and all of the changes that occurred. Now, of course, some of this isn't going to be directly correlated to COVID, but there was so much more of an increase in disengagement in 2021 that these numbers are just staggering. So what Gallup found was that 80% of all employees were disengaged at work. So think about that. 80% so eight out of 10 employees at your work were disengaged in 2021. 68% were struggling daily, whether that was a mental struggle, a physical struggle, a struggle with the work that they were doing. There was some component where they were struggling. 
And when you think about when you're struggling day after day after day, the incredible and intense mental load that happens is just wearing. So no wonder they were disengaged, right? 80% disengaged, 68% struggling daily. And then the overall cost that Gallup found of this disengagement and this daily struggle was that 8.1 trillion dollars were lost because of low engagement globally in 2021. So let me say that in a different way. Across the entire world, because of this increase in disengagement, this increase in struggle and mental and physical load that occurred in 2021, the global economy lost 8.1 trillion dollars. It's just insane to me, you know, just absolutely staggering. And so trust is the foundation to rebuilding this engagement, to rebuilding a culture that ensures that the people that are struggling get the help that they need to reduce that struggle so that we can get the global economy starting to get back on track. And we bottom line is we have to build trust. And that all ties into this intrinsic motivation. And so trust ultimately comes from teams that have mutual respect, accountability, and an understanding of each other's strengths. So we have to have teams that have found respect for each other. They hold each other accountable, and they understand each other's strengths. That's how we build trust. And so by building trust, that's the first component of intrinsic motivation for leadership development. The other one is belonging. So this sense of belonging. I did an exercise recently with one of my clients. We had a group of 20 leaders doing a leadership course, a 20-hour leadership course. And I brought one of the ladies up and we did the why exercise. If you've ever heard that, you know, seven whys, 12 whys, however you want to do it. I usually just ask why until we get to the bottom. And so we were talking about Simon Sinek, it starts with why, and then I brought this lady up and, and we dug, you know, why, well, why, well, why, well, why, and the bottom line, and she even shocked herself, the bottom line, the reason why she comes to work every day, and she just had a baby too, <laughs> so that shows even more so, uh, the reason why that she comes to work every day is because she feels valued. She feels valued by the people that she works with, by the company. I mean, the the com- the culture of this company was just absolutely phenomenal, just staggering how positive it was and how much everybody loved this company. But she comes to work every day, not for a paycheck to feed her child, not because, you know, she feels that she needs to. She comes to work every day because she feels valued. And that gives her a sense of belonging. And it motivates her to do the work that she does and to continue working at this company, even through a major life transition of having your adding another child. So this was her first child, but it really could be adding any child is a major life transition. Empty nesting is a major life transition. You know, there are so many things. And if we don't have that sense of belonging, if we haven't built that trust, if we don't bring value and make our employees feel valued, then they're not going to come to work. 
You can have as much extrinsic motivation as you want, but the bottom line is you have to have a balance between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. And so we need to have that trust. We need to have that belonging. And the other thing that came up through research, which, you know, is not quite as touchy-feely, so to speak, is trust and belonging, is that we need to have breaks. The bottom line is we have to allow people mental breaks from their work. We work with a lot of healthcare organizations and a lot of things that we're hearing, you know, from nurses and nurse techs is they work through their breaks because they have to. They're so low staffed that they have to in order to be able to do their job successfully, which bottom line is saving lives. They feel like they have to work through their breaks and it's physically affecting them. And one lady who said it was either pumping or uh, going to the bathroom, pumping for breast milk because she was also a new mother, you know, pumping for breast milk or going to the bathroom. She had a choice between doing one or the other. She didn't have time in her day to do the patient care that she needed and do both going to the bathroom and pumping. So she chose pumping, as any mother likely would, and then ultimately ended up with five or some ridiculous number of UTIs during her first few months back at the job because she didn't feel like she could take the successful breaks. So not only is it physically damaging, but there's also this massive mental load that happens when we don't allow our minds to check out for a minute. We need to check out and we need to reset. And that could be in the form of a leadership development program, right? Even just checking out of our job to go and take a quick course on a topic that's unrelated to our job helps us to check out, to go take a quick walk, to go, you know, play a game on our phone for a little bit. I mean, really, anything that allows you the opportunity to mentally check out, you come back more refreshed, you come back more motivated, you come back more engaged, and it helps drive the bottom line of the organization. So find that balance between the intrinsic and the extrinsic motivation in order to really successfully succeed in creating these leadership development programs. So I may butcher your name, Amy, and I apologize for this, but Amy Swan, uh, she's a VP of People and Strategy at Mixpanel. What she says is that during remote work at Mixpanel, so direct quote here, what we found is during remote working, Employees who didn't have a chance to really get to know their team members or get to really bond with them usually don't ramp up as quickly. They don't feel as comfortable reaching out virtually to people they haven't met before to ask questions. And so I think there are some critical moments that you can define to bring more consistency to that. And so I love what Amy said here. Because she said is that the bottom line, if you don't really get a chance to know your teammates, to bond with them, to ramp up, then we're much less likely to ask the important questions, to have those critical moments that allow people the opportunity to really feel like they're a part of the team, to really feel like they're a part of the organization. And so we need those opportunities. We need those bonding moments. And we can still have them virtually because we know a lot of organizations are keeping virtual options available. So how do we do that? And that's really important to think about. And having these leadership development programs can really help with that bonding, that opportunity to send teams through together, to talk through situations. It's really incredibly important. And the Journal of Applied Psychology says that when employers trust their people to do the right thing, workers are also more likely to become creative, productive, and inspired to do their job. 
So we have to have trust. We have to have bonding. We have to have motivation. And so I'm going to leave with this question. What does all of this that I, we just talked about in terms of engagement, retention, intrinsic, extrinsic motivation, trust, belonging, what does that have to do with leadership development? And I know I've talked about this a little bit already, but really reflect on that and think about what all of those components that we just discussed and we just reflected on, what they have to do with leadership development in our organization, in your organization, in your own personal development and professional development and leadership development journeys. And so everybody's homework today, besides thinking about that and reflecting on that, is to figure out what leadership development model best fits our own individual needs and the needs of our organization. So go back through, think about that. Is it the situational? Is it the graduated? How would we incorporate motivation into that? How would we build in that trust, that belonging, the extrinsic motivation pieces as well to really fit our leadership development needs? So that's all for today's topic. Thank you so much for taking this time to listen. Please download our app at the link in the show notes where you provide free resources and a community of evolutionary leaders there. And if you know of a leader or an organization that would make a great guest for our podcast, please reach out to us in the app or email us at hello at evolve.vision. That's H-E-L-L-O at E-V-O-L-V-E dot V-I-S. I-O-N. And we want to hear from you. We absolutely love feedback and we want to know how we can continue to provide value. That's what we focus on most here at Evolve the Leadership Evolution is making sure that we provide value. So make sure to connect with us, send us an email, find us on our app, find us on LinkedIn, and really, truly provide as much feedback as possible. Thank you so much. Have a great day and huge shout out to all of my evolutionary leaders out there. Thank you.